As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I am, my name is Ben Sternke, and I'm here with my co-hosts today, Christy Penley and Matt Tebby. Uh, friends, how are you today? Hey, wait, is your name Good. Benjamin? It is, yeah. That's my okay. full name. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I guess I, yeah. I Ben is normally nicknamed, but yeah. Matthew, Benjamin, do you want to guess my mm-hmm. full name? Christopher. No? No. <laughs> Try <Sorry>. again. <laughs> Christy, let's see, Christy. Chris. Uh, is it Christopolis? <laughs> no. Come on, Chris- third time's a charm. Last guess. Christaquincha. Chris- Christina. Christina. Not Christina. It- Christine. Just Christine, you got it. Christine. You got oh. it. Christine hmm. I knew Penley. a Christine. Uh, the last Christine I knew uh, was in eighth grade. She, I went to grade school with her. I went to a Lutheran grade school, and she was the daughter of the principal. Oh, Christine. Okay. Anyway, I won't yeah. say her last name, just, you know, for privacy. Yeah, privacy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she probably doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, uh, well, good to see you guys. Yeah. Good Matt, to see how you are too. you doing? How am I doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm good. You know, these ADHD medication uh-huh. uh, that I'm on is, is working. Yeah. Yay. If you're focused. Yeah, because you said, well, yeah. yeah. You said privacy. Uh-huh. And I, I filtered out like three privacy jokes. Yeah. And it just Good over work. and over again. That's awesome. It's incredible. I keep, you you I need keep to be... telling us what jokes you're, you know, <laughs> I think the ADHD medicine is working, but still. No, it's working. I, I, I got to champion myself. <laughs> All right. Let's, I, I'll champion you If I you can't well. celebrate go, me, Matt. who will? Way to go, Thank Matt. Thank you. We'll celebrate you. Um, you uh, know, speaking of uh, Christy and Christine, mm-hmm. I we have someone in our church, uh, a sound seeker named Celestine. Yes. And that's his full name. Mm-hmm. And his um, abbreviated name, like his nickname is Celeste. Yeah. Oh, no way. Which that's your... is also my right. daughter's right. name. Right. Your daughter's full name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's her full name. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. We were making Christopher jokes with Christy. And I just realized hmm. a lot of the things we consider to be sort of like essential, mm-hmm. like Christopher is definitely a dude name. Right. Um, it's just, uh, how do you know? Yeah. I know a man. <laughs> I know yeah. a man named Christy. Christy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. like apparently, you know, most of the time I it's like man. Aaron or Alex or Ryan mm-hmm. or Kelly. Like those are kind of. Bob, mm-hmm. Dick, Harry. <laughs> anyway, apparently Christy can be a male name. Or Shannon. Yeah. Shannon. Shannon can mm-hmm. be a male name. Shannon, Kelly. I have a friend named Kelly. It's yeah. A, it's, a yeah. Ma- it's a man. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, uh, yeah, there we go. Interesting um, times. Hey, I was just thinking about this, guys. I, I'm having, uh, I don't. I don't read as much as I used to or want to. I think it's a season of life kind of thing for me. Um, but I was wondering like what a, you guys are reading. Like a, la- like a lazy one? <laughs> like a lazy season of life. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so anyway. But um, You're doing other good things. I am doing other. I'm cooking for my family hey. uh, like yeah. four or five nights a week. So, you know, that's, that's, big. that's a good 
hour and meal planning and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to dive into that. I was saying that because I'm interested in what books you guys are reading right now that you're enjoying. Yeah. I'm reading this book called Fully Known by Mo Aiken. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about um, she likens like intimacy with God mm-hmm. with um, like human intimacy yeah. and even sexuality. It's really mm-hmm. fascinating. She did this whole you know chapter on um, like f- uh, pornography and uh, mm-hmm. masturbation and like and mm-hmm. and then how like the lies people believe when active mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Is similar to ways that we would treat God. In anyway, it's I'm I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but it has been really <laughs> fascinating yeah. to read. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. Um, so I've mm-hmm. appreciated that book. Hmm. Interesting. I realize I did not do a good. <laughs> People who are listening are like, "Wait, I'm going to look that book up. What is <laughs> yeah. happening?" Well, but. you did a great sales job then. Apparently, <laughs> looking at, looking mm-hmm. it right mm-hmm. up. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt, mm. how about you? What's the book you're enjoying lately? The, you're reading right yeah, now. Well, the Bible. Good. Bible Jude Christie. It's the only, always, yep. always it's do the that. only book. The, the B-I-B-L-A. Um, let's see. Which one do I want to name? I will name The Wisdom of Your Body by Hillary McBride. Oh, yeah. She's a... She isn't being like podcast. It's like a little teaser yeah. reading a book that she wrote about our bodies and embodiment and how reclaiming our bodies as sacred and holy and as not something distinct from our minds mm. or our soul. And she tells her story of uh, healing her relationship to her body. And I, you know, what, mm. I, I a couple years ago, I had a kairos of like the negative talk that I, the the negative ways I script my body, and I sat down one morning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, instead of drinking coffee that morning, I crushed the beans up and snorted them. And I just wrote down, I, I had to really psych myself up for this. I, I wrote down every single <laughs> narrative about my body that I could think of that, that I tell myself. And I filled up like a page and a half of it. And I was like, none of this is positive. None of this is positive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an able-bodied person. I, I feel like I don't have any debilitating diseases or defor- like def- what we consider deformities, and still I have all this negative t- talk about my body. Anyway, I'm hoping Hillary can straighten me out. I'm a, I'm a mess. <laughs> Very good. I love your mm. vulnerability and honesty. Mm. Like you are the same <laughs> on this podcast yeah. as you are in real life, yeah. and I, I I just mean like. Mm. I I am so thankful for you and for that. And I think we need to hear that. Like there is practices maybe of even writing out what are the lies I'm believing about mm. this situation, in this case, your body, mm. that Thanks, I Christy. think um, I, now is I'm convicted. really powerful. I do need to say so, that I, I lied just now. Yes. Um, I did not snort coffee grounds. Uh, I, I <laughs> okay, okay, just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. I think we assumed that was uh, a joke. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, but this book yeah. is... Uh, it's really good, and I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Ha- we're going to speak with Hillary uh, in a week or so. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a few. A few. It's good. Ben, yep. are you reading anything that you're like, yay? Um, yes. I know you said that you're doing a lot of other things, so maybe. No, I am. I just don't read. I'm still reading the same amount of books at a time. I just read them slowlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slower, slowlier. Uh, I just read them slower. So uh, I'm really liking uh, one of the books yeah. I'm reading right now is I'm slowly making my way through Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. That is, she's a really gifted uh, storyteller mm-hmm. and um, makes a lot of these uh, mm-hmm. like statistics mm-hmm. and sort of ideas uh, come to life. Um, that's a really helpful Ben, book, Ben, uh, if, even right when you have so, margin or anyway, time. That's, that's one of them. I've got a There's couple a others, Boston but, Review yeah. Uh, long form reviews of that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I think I have that saved. Yeah. That is, there's a critique of the book. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, I'm, I'm interested, interested in. to read it. <laughs> Andrew Ward's to read it. new book. Always want to be learning <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Curated links. Oh, yeah. Angie Ward. We got to get to her. 
but friends, let me just quickly uh, give you our essential blurbs here. Um, if you are not on our curated list, curated links email list, uh, you can go to gravityleadership.com slash join to join us. Um, you become part of our online community. It's completely free. Um, we send out an email every Friday with, um, yeah, just some, some links uh, that we found helpful. Um, if you're uh, in leadership of any kind uh, in today's culture, trying to navigate uh, all those kinds of issues, um, sign up, join us, gravityleaderships.com slash join. Also, our podcast is sponsored by Gravity Leadership Academy, which is our 12-month online coaching and training um, uh, in, um, practice uh, that we do. Uh, sorry, I can't think of the word. It's our training, what is it? Intensive, that's what we call it, our training intensive uh, so we're starting, we're always starting uh, new groups. So if you're interested in that, um, gravityleadership.com slash academy and uh, reach out and one of us can have a chat with you about whether yeah. or not it's right for you. Boom, so, boom, I boom. got six people who are interested. Yes. So we have Christy, one or more, one or two more. It, right. Like we'll start it in like a if week or two. If you want Christy to be your coach, uh, yeah. you might want to sign up. Uh, you might want to sign up right now because yeah. she's going to start a new cohort. Um, all right. Those are the blurbs. Now we can get into Angie Ward. Um, she's been on the podcast before. Um, right. We talked to her about her book, uh, I Am a Leader, about um, women leading in the church and elsewhere. And this book is one that she edited. She's the general editor of When the Universe Cracks, Living as God's People in Times of Crisis. It's a book filled with essays um, from different leaders, including um, from Smith and Matt Michalatos and Sean Gladding, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, we had a great conversation just with her about sort of uh, the cultural um, unrest and the cultural sort of uh, earthquakes that are happening right now, um, as well as uh, the mm-hmm. pandemic and everything that that's revealed and um, this book that she was able to pull together about how to be God's people uh, in these times uh, of crisis. So it's good. She's to, the it was real good deal. Interview. She's, She's great. like one of my professors. Yeah. That's at right. Denver Seminary, yeah. and yeah. she is the real deal. So, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, I yeah. appreciate her. So yeah. it's good. It's a good yep. interview. It was, and it is, uh, and we should get into it. Yep. Here we go. Angie Ward, welcome back to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed you before uh, about your book, um, I Am a Leader, When Women mm-hmm. Discover the Joy of Their Calling. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, but we're interviewing you about another book today. Um, but first of all, a little bit about you. Here's what I know about you, Angie. Mm-hmm. You have over 30 years of ministry experience. <laughs> This is what the Bible says. <laughs> I was um, say, you as do? a leader, as a writer, <laughs> as a teacher, uh, as an author, um, and you're currently the associate director of the Doctor of Ministry program at Denver Seminary, Woo-hoo! overseeing Christie's Christy. yeah. Demon Studies. Right? That's right. I, yeah. This is, yeah. This is like a a, a fun uh, meeting in a different context for you two. Then, very sure fun. is. Yeah. 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 And she likes basketball. Oh, I do. Who's your team? I forget who your team is. North, North Carolina, Carolina, University of North Carolina yeah. Tar Heels. The Tar yeah. Heels. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. I was going to ask, you know, what else we need to know about you. So, Tar Heels fan, what what else should we know about Angie Ward? Ooh, Christy, what else should they know about me? Uh, <laughs> you got to know me a little you bit. You run. So. You're a runner. I am runner? a runner. Very good. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, we, um, yeah, last time we did, I did this with y'all, I'm not sure I was doing it. I think we were still living in Indianapolis area. Yep, yep. So, we moved here a year and a half ago for me to take this role at Denver Seminary. So yeah, we're empty nesters living in, living the life in yeah. Denver and um, runner, reader, writer, teacher, Christy. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Love and sports, honestly, love Disney really cruises. Disney cruises. <laughs> but you know, I mean, here, yeah. I just need to say this because I need women in my life as role models. And that is what Angie is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves people so well, and she loves Jesus, and she pushes me to be better. And that mm-hmm. is like a real gift. And so mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for you. I'm really excited to be on here 
to do this conversation, to have this conversation. But um, for all of our listeners, you know, there are people in your life that you're like, yeah, they help me. They inspire me. They they push me and make me better. That's who you are. So hmm. thank you. Oh, thank you. That's all. Awesome. Chris, Christy can't go a podcast, it seems like, without encouraging somebody. Um, so she, she regularly leaves little messages for Matt and I, uh, encouraging us. So anyway, it's, <laughs> it's great having Christy on the podcast for that reason alone, uh, from, and many others. Um, well today we're talking about, uh, this new book that you edited. You're the general editor of, um, when the universe cracks living as God's people in times of crisis, which is kind of a sweeping, uh, multifaceted look at the role of crisis in the life of faith, from a whole bunch of pastors and faith leaders and experts. Um, and it was inspired by the global pandemic, which, um, you know, I think everybody's heard of by now. So we don't need to go into that. Yeah. Um, but these writers are examining kind of the history of God's people and offering a fresh perspective on what it means to live as God's people and to lead uh, in times of crisis. Um, so you were the editor of this book. Um, I mean, I think most people understand what that is, but like, uh, what, what does the, what does the process of editing and curating a book of essays like this, like, what is that like? Yeah, it's, well, I think it's really fun. So mm-hmm. I, with the help of our, um, kind of my editor, the publisher of NAB Press, David Zimmerman, um, they kind of envisioned this kingdom conversations series. So this is actually the first mm-hmm. in a series. And the next one I got to tell right. you is also going to be great. It's called kingdom and country. I just got to tell you that. Yeah. Right. Are um, you editing that one too? I am. And I'm okay. just finishing up the manuscript for that one right now. So Ooh, yeah, okay. that's good. Um, so, so, but Dave, Dave Zimmerman and I, we sit down and, um, talk through kind of, okay, what are the, ch- the, 10 chapters that we want and kind of the focus and flow overall throughout that. And then we go, okay, who are the voices we want to write each of those? And so then we start approaching each of them and uh, kind of casting vision. So, so it's my job Mm -hmm. to kind of bring harmony to the whole thing. Interesting. Um, And then I'm kind of, yeah. And so shepherding everybody through that process and their deadlines. We also, it's very fun. We get the contributors together on a zoom. So they all get to meet each other, which is kind of cool. I don't, uh, so it's not just, a very disjointed, everybody send me their chapter kind yeah. of thing. It is kind of trying to set build a little sense of unity among yeah. the group for that too. So yeah. 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 Okay. It seems like it would take a unique skill set to herd 10 authors into deadlines and, you know, and various points of uh, unity among all that diversity. It does. I'm uh, my my personality. I think I'm a border collie, so I like bringing structure to things and just like yeah. organizing things. Yeah. Christy knows this from the work I do with yes. Denver Seminary. So, so she's known yeah. as the 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 thesis whisperer. She does that for all of our <laughs> dissertations, and, really and yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so I get to yeah, so bringing them together in ten different writing styles and deadlines, or you know ways they approach the writing process. Right. You know, it's interesting yeah, yeah. kind of to learn from each of them about, about that as well. And so some awesome. are like, yeah, sending me a take immediately. And go, oh, I'll just rewrite the whole thing. And others are like, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. You know? So, and others are like, when was that due? So yeah. <laughs> shoot. Yeah. yeah. I thought it yeah. was due in October. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Good. What What is your hope uh, for this book then? Um, I know you said it's the first in kind of the, a series of kingdom conversations, Mm -hmm. maybe talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about the vision for that whole series and what your hope is specifically for this book. Yeah. So, um, uh, NAV press is the publisher and they, you know, this book first came out of, maybe we should write a book about the pandemic, but then went, let's make this a broader thing with multiple voices and this idea of kind of conversations that multiple voices in the book. And then that we need to be having conversations about these kind of things. And Nav Press, uh, Navigators being very much a discipleship focused ministry, Nav yeah. Press really wants to be a discipleship publisher. Okay. Um, and so the vision for the series, this book in the series is that type of focus. So it's not just kind of a, a four views, like what do we think about this kind of thing? It's not yeah. a, uh, you know, it's very much, everybody has kind of a, um, even if the ones who are like expert in history or sociology or whatever, they all very much come with kind of a pastoral discipleship focus first and foremost. And mm. so um, the focus is on that. Like, what does this mean for us as followers of Christ individually yeah. and collectively? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, looking at this book and, you know, thinking about kind of leading and what it means to lead right now, I, I was reminded of a quote that 
I don't know. It's it's become very popular uh, because of the times we're living in. But it's from Lord of the Rings, um, and uh, it's Frodo. You know, sort of he who has this ring, and he's got to he's got to go into the fires of Mount Doom. And it's this. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to do this. You know, like he he didn't ask for this. He's like, why why do I have to save the world? Um, and he tells Gandalf the wizard, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And then Gandalf replies, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given, uh, given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking about that. And, you know, like you said, this book was inspired largely by these events in 2020. But, um, but it's not just about the pandemic. So it's not just like, hey, what just happened to us? Um, it's about kind of how crisis in general and how we respond to it um, kind of shapes our faith. And so um, I wonder if you can comment on that. Like, what are, what are the ways in which this pandemic um, and the ways that we've responded to it, how has it brought a perspective that has been needed, perhaps, uh, in the role of crisis kind of in general in the life of faith? Yeah, well, you know, as we're all experiencing it. And honestly, when I when I was editing this book, I was hoping and thinking maybe this pan- the pandemic thing would all be past us, you know, and yeah, all this right. – um, uh, but it just upends, you know, we're still living in this, right? It upends right. everything. Yeah. And we, yeah. I think we kind of think we, we should be advanced. So at some point we'll become advanced enough in the society that we don't have these things anymore. Like we, it's a reminder, mm. I guess, of our um, fragility, you know, yeah. and just um, that we can't progress our way past these types of things, whether it's political unrest or, or, you know, um, systemic you know, endemic things like racism and you know mm-hmm. health things like a hundred years ago my grandfather left the University of Wisconsin at, in Madison Wisconsin to go home to work on the farm because of the flu uh, influenza epidemic oh, really? and okay. now mm-hmm. yeah so a hundred years later now yeah. my two sons had to leave Indiana University mm-hmm. because of this thing that we thought we could get past, you know, so, so it yeah. kind of, it, it's just a, it really does kind of pull the rug out from us and for, force us to fall back and well, what yeah. just happened. And, um, and these are ongoing, the continuing things, not just health, you know, the pandemic, but the, these are just ongoing things through history around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we can't choose. We think we can choose and avoid mm-hmm. and we really yeah. can't. So I think it's a reminder of that. So, there's yeah. There's the dog. Yep, we commented on this. Yeah, before be coming, coming the kids home. are coming home. Yep, it's <laughs> yeah. uh, usually what happens around. Yeah, you know, or somebody's but, walking and, past. <laughs> I mean, and so that that upending and that dis yeah. disequilibrium though is where is where we all can experience growth. I mean, yeah. not yeah. you know, and so that's what it does to us. It just upends us individually, societally, all our, in our local communities and friendships and. Of course, we don't like that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, one thing I, I hear you alluding to is like, I, I do think we can get under the thrall of the sort of the technological dream of modern life, right? Mm-hmm. That that once we get to a state of sufficient advancement techno- technologically, then like we'll be able to fix everything. Everything mm-hmm. will have some sort of some sort of fix to it. Everything will have some way that we can just deal with it or stop it or, you know, pay enough money to like get rid of it or, you know, that kind of a thing. And so uh, some of what I hear you saying there is that it, it does return us, I think, to some of the roots of our faith. Uh, for me, at least, like I, like I hadn't, <laughs> I'm noticing more and more, you know, the certain kinds of Psalms um, mm-hmm. after this pandemic and everything that else that's gone on with it um, concurrently with it. I've noticed I've noticed a lot of the Psalms that I sort of, I think I breezed past the Psalms that said like, bring justice, oh God, like, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things that I, I was just like, I knew that was part of the faith, but those Psalms didn't grab me. Now they're grabbing me, mm-hmm. you know, because I've, I've gone through this thing that's like, oh, I can't easily get rid of this, easily fix this. Um, and I think, um, I think some of the essays deal, deal quite well with that, you know, in this book. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Why, why would you say it is important for, I mean, sometimes this is called the problem of suffering or the problem of evil, you know, that kind of right. thing. Why is it uh, so important for us to engage faithfully with this, both personally, but also kind of in a cultural sense? Well, I think you, I mean, you go back to scripture, I think God wants us, not just what we can do for him, you know, and mm-hmm. so this causes us to, yeah. again, pause that and could stop our, you know, up into the 
left, right, whatever trajectory, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think there's times where, he, you know, we need to just return to him, you know, yeah. and um, I think Joanne Lyon does a great job of that in the, her essay in the book just about the importance of lament and coming yes. back together as community. Yes. I mean, it's reminded all of us, I think, of what's really important, what really matters. And the thing that's been unique, at least about the the um, COVID pandemic is that it's affected everyone. Like you can't buy yeah. your way out of it. You know, you right. can't blame it on, well, this is because of this is somebody's bad behavior mm. or if only they had something, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it reminds us, it reminded me of our mind smallness in the universe and yeah. God's overall I just think of Job a lot as like, who, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's given me, a, I think, a needed perspective and going, okay, what's really important? Um, you know, I missed major sporting events less than I thought. You know, it's like I got yeah. to spend more time with people. You know, I there's there's things that slowed me down. You know, there's it's mm-hmm. it, and and the accompanying crises, like there was a political, you know, things yeah. and some, and social upheaval. So. I think it's part of our formation, you know, to to have to come back to this, and it's yeah. not just one big evangelical victorious, yeah, kind yeah, of totally. life. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our ten month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. I just am thinking about our listeners and how there is this underlying tiredness of, Mm. you know, the cracks (laughs) within Mm -hmm. our world, within their lives, within, you know, our nation and all of this kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I, the hope is that they would be encouraged that God is at work. God is present and working and doing something, even in the midst of the chaos and um, and bringing that brokenness and and kind of using it ultimately to teach and to grow and to form, um, which sometimes I just need that perspective shift, right? Mm-hmm. I get stuck in the chaos rather than having a different perspective. So, just um, kind of what I'm thinking. If if <laughs> if someone's listening, thinking like I'm still there, like yeah. you know, what does it look like to kind of look up and see? God is our helper type mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, I'm thinking too, just uh, as I think about the different essays in this book, Angie, how, you know, uh, I think Ephraim and Marshall, um, <laughs> Lee, uh, like they're, they're all, they're all naming that Christianity has always been a crisis faith. And there are certain, mm-hmm. there are certain, uh, demographics who, because of maybe their social location or because of the technological advances they've enjoyed or their affluence, et cetera, they've been maybe more insulated than others to crises, right? So they've been mm-hmm. able to keep it at arm's distance or farther away, or they've been able to mitigate some circumstances that other people, for instance, clean drinking water, uh, that other people have to navigate on a moment-by-moment mm-hmm. basis. But one of the things that the last you know mm-hmm. few years has done with the pandemic, and you mentioned the social and the political pressures, is that everyone's kind of feeling this now. Everyone's feeling stripped yeah. of their ordinary insulators mm-hmm. to the difficulties of life. And I think, Angie, you mentioned just the fact that we we lack maybe a practiced resiliency to know how to live faithfully there. I, I wonder if you can just name for us maybe maybe as you as you read through these essays and as you've reflected on your life these last few years, like like what are you learning about how to be resilient 
in the face of crisis? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, you know, one thing I'm, I've, you know, as um, some of this stuff was like, we were kind of in the thick of it. Like now we're like living, okay, this stuff, life goes on in the middle, you know, but I'm going like, um, what are the things that I had, what are all, what's all the kind of the, the gunk that had been added to my life as terms of time and relationships and stuff like that? Like what, what futile things that I've been pursuing that got stripped away that I don't want to, you know, add. So I think it's been a stripping down in a good way yeah. of that. Um, we moved here in Denver. So we moved here in March, late March of 2020, right as things were like constantly shifting, everything was shut down. My husband's been a pastor. We've been in pastoral ministry for 25 years. We moved here for the first time to a city where being part of a faith community was not automatic and part of a job because we were always moving oh, yeah. for my husband's church, yeah. you know? And so we came here in a time where we most wanted and needed community. We have friends here from before, but like, but every church was closed. We were going to visit places and, you know, so it's been hard also just trying to figure out how to, if you didn't have the community coming in, how do you build that in the middle of, you know, when ev- it, it's, you know, not getting together or everybody's, you know, fearful of getting together. And so I think I've felt that most acutely, um, just, just feeling like, man, I don't have a people that I belong to mm. here. And so I think that was one of the more difficult things for me. And at the same time, I, I feel like I'm, I'm an introvert. I think I have a contemplative nature. So part of me was like, I think my soul went, yes, I've needed this. <laughs> I, I didn't have to say no to everybody. It was saying everything was said no for me. Right. You know, and so I think I I just got down to a lot of kind of root essence kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, man. Yeah. Um, One of the other things that I, um, as I was looking through these uh, essays, one of the other topics that is present here is just um, the assumptions that we make about God that get upended in a crisis that are actually, Mm -hmm. that actually need to be upended. Uh, in a crisis. And so um, what, like, as you look back on, I guess, the, the cri- it's ongoing, I guess, <laughs> the crisis of the pandemic, what, what are some of those common assumptions that um, contemporary Christians make about who God is, especially as it relates to our experience of, of crisis and, and catastrophe? Yeah, I think we've alluded to it before, just this idea that, that um, this tied in of like, um, it's not going to happen to us because God's going to protect protect us because we work hard or something. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, there's kind of some mm-hmm. myth in there that yeah. you know we're immune. And I think um, we're just reminded that that verse, you know, God causes causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. You know, so so some of our myths again about like, well, we can be protected from this or we can we can beat it or God. Um, I think it's caused people to question like again, like you said, like God's goodness, like, is it, yeah. um, we, it's easy to say God's good when our life is good, you know? Right. And so yeah. what is it like though, when our life becomes challenging and, and even just going to the grocery store becomes a challenge, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think we, we tend to start like hunkering down being, I think it's exposed our fear as well too. And yeah. so I think, yeah. I think our, um, a myth about God. I don't know about myth about God, but I think it exposes our relationship to God as terms of fear and yeah. faith and what we're really driven by. Yeah. And that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So almost this like meritocratic view of God, right? That, yes. That God's goodness is uh, delivered to me uh, because of my goodness, because of my working hard, because of, you know, that kind of thing. And that is delivered to me primarily in uh, the accoutrements of a of a of a pleasant life, you know, mm-hmm. and so when that gets upended, you know, all of a sudden we have all these questions about who God is, um, which is why some of these essays are so helpful. They just return us to like, no, this is who the people of God have always been. They've yeah. always been the people who've been like in the midst of you know everything hitting the fan, yeah. saying they're the people who look to God and say, God, help us, you know, what the heck. Sometimes, you know. Um, well, and sometimes yeah. we think that we're like the only ones. Like yeah. no other yeah. generation has ever gone through something as terrible mm-hmm. as this. And this right. is not yeah. true. Yeah. And God has been faithful for thousands of years, right? And 
there have been generation after generation have gone through difficult things. And we forget that. We think that we're different or special or whatever. Um, mm. And so. Yeah, you use the word. I mean, we all the time kept using the words unprecedented, you know, like yeah. right. yeah. laughing about, you know, and it's like, I think many you asked like hope for the book and the series. It's like, no, this is precedented. Multiple right. times over through 2,000 years plus yeah. of, yes. you know, church history. And so yes. what can we look, what can we take and learn from those who have gone before from yeah. wisdom and the scripture for Jesus' example, you know, and, yes. and uh, yeah, drawing us back to, to Christ. Yeah. Uh, I have this funny thought. I mean, in some ways, you know, a global pandemic in the modern age is unique, right? Um, so the, there's some unique facets to it about what's happening now. But I think you're right when we when we say unprecedented over and over. Like I think the the picture we get is that nobody has ever suffered as much as us, you know, and or you know <laughs> yeah. that that kind of thing. So I have this uh, funny like every every time we talk about the pandemic, um, it'd be it'd be a I don't know a fun idea to just say in these very precedented times. Right, right. You know, like, <laughs> instead of in these unprecedented times. Yes. Yeah. Very, very precedented. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, think, thinking about going forward then, Angie, um, you know, uh, I think we're, we're learning a lot. I think there's a lot of opportunity here for Christians to learn from generations past, all of that kind of thing. What, what would you say is the primary challenge that we're going to be facing here as Christians, as the world becomes increasingly turbulent? Um, I, I think a lot of folks are looking to the future and thinking, you know, not like, oh, can't wait till everything just settles down and goes back to normal. I, you know, like, I think most people are thinking like, I think this is the harbinger of some, a lot more turbulence, a lot more unpredictability. What, what, what is, uh, what would you say is the primary challenge for Christians heading into these maybe increasingly turbulent times? Uh, I think you're right. I think most people are going, oh, this, something's changing big time. You know, it's, okay. it's not just, a storm that we had to weather, you know, right. and it's, and it's not just about the pandemic, you know, it's, That's it's right. a challenge, like how we do church, how we interact as societies. Like I was just reading yeah. an article, I think David French about how, like there's legitimate talk of a civil war in yeah. our country, yeah. you know, it's and crazy. it's just like, right. wow, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I think this is, this is a, a missional moment, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not a, so I think what's the, what's the challenge is for, for us as Christians to not try to either, pat down, smooth over, try to, I, I think it's to embrace these tensions and the mm. discomfort. And this is where I think we can be a, a loving prophetic voice, um, non-anxious presence. I think that's going to become more and more important mm -hmm. for, for um, believers in these days. You know, I think that's what's going to potentially distinguish us when everybody else is, and a lot of Christians, well, you know, what's going mm -hmm. on and calling yeah. for, doom and do gloom. So I think, you know, calling us to what our presence will be in our yeah. um, neighbor, not just on social media, which, uh, you know, today as we're recording, this is down. So like Facebook right. and Instagram yes. have been out <laughs> yeah. for like I was gonna, the day. Speaking of crises, you know. Right, like, exactly. Right. I don't know. What are we going to do? So I think, I think, I think it's a call to presence um, mm. in our relationship, in our, in, in locally, in our community, as our, you know, I'm looking at my neighborhood here in Denver, in our communities of faith. Um, I think that's where we're going to have the greatest impact, not shouting on social media or whatever, but it's like through that rooted presence, I, mm. I think. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, we, I just had a Bible study in my back porch. Every Sunday night we have college kids. And we were talking Fun. just last night about how we have this opportunity, right? We have this invitation to... Mm -hmm the neighborhoods, the schools, the places that we work to be this picture of healing and of peace and of um, stability because of what Jesus brings and gives to us and and to show the world that there's a different way. And so in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of what's going on, and maybe their unsettledness, uh, we mm -hmm. have this amazing opportunity. And I think a lot of times people are just like, I just want it to be over. But if we mm -hmm. switched it to okay, but it's not over. And so today I'm going to be present to the people around me and what does God want to do in and through me um, with those people? Uh, it's just, a, it, it is an invitation, I think. So, And you, you said, Christy, you said in the midst of, I think that, you know, that's an important thing. Like it's not, um, 
oh, I'm fine. I'm going to call my right. Like, it's okay right. to acknowledge that yes. my life is being upended at the same time. Yes. And so there's a, a solidarity with humanity in this as well. It's not just a, mm. um, I'm going to get my perfect, perfect Jesus life. So then I can fix everybody right. else, no. you know, kind yeah. of thing. There's yeah, be a, honest. Yeah. Acknowledging, um, you know, like the last chapter, Michalatus just talks about, it's like, what you're experiencing is normal, you know, yeah. and yeah. God is good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of our um, axioms that we teach folks in our training um, and and come back to a lot in our church and in our gra- you know gravity leadership training is that God is always present and at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's yeah. that's what uh, both of you are speaking to here. That um, I think our implicit assumption behind some of the ways we think about crisis and the pandemic and political unrest and everything else that that is happening right now is. Once we get back to some other state, or once something new happens, then God can be on the, God. God can be on the move. Then we can get back to doing church. Then we can start discipling people again. Then mm-hmm. maybe we can think about you know being a missional community again, mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. And I think um, what I hear both of you saying is is more along the lines of no, God's God's present here and now in the midst of this crisis. God is working in the midst of this crisis and and the way into, I think the resiliency that we're seeking is to take each moment of crisis, each, uh, you know, each of those things, whatever that is for us in our, in our daily lives and trust that God's at work and begin to look for how God is at work in the midst of that, rather than wishing things were different so that God could be at work. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's a it fundamental really, imagination yeah. shift. And it's a theological, I mean, it's the now and the not yet kind of thing. And so it's, you know, Mm. we're saying, come Lord Jesus. Yes. Bring an end to this. You know, my husband and I pray every day, God eradicate COVID-19 from the world, remove, you know, change people's hearts to to end racism, all this. Yes. Come Lord Jesus. And come Lord Jesus now in the midst of this. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's good. It doesn't, uh, I think that's really good. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, diminish the need for because this is what this is what we learn from the history of God's people anyway, right? Like they do they don't just say, oh well, if it's happening, it must be just fine. But they actually they cry out for God to, right. you know, break the arm of the wicked man, Lord. You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh they they cry out for justice and cry out for healing. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that what you say yeah, I just get the sense as as I think about the structure of this book and the way that these essays play off of each other is that one of the things there's there's a reclamation of suffering as a mm-hmm. regular part mm-hmm. of the Christian existence and yeah. as the arena in which things are learned that can't be learned otherwise. So we we have this uh, precarious or maybe dysfunctional relationship with suffering, right? So I, you know, Angie, as a as somebody who uh, I'm fond of you, Angie. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I actually wish you well. I don't <laughs> wish you to suffer, right? I, I'm I have I I'm not wishing right. anyone in my life that I'm fond of to suffer. But we're also seeing, especially in the chapter on uh, what Jesus has to teach us about a crisis, that and this is true throughout the New Testament explicitly, and also in the Old Testament uh, explicitly, but also implicitly, is that suffering happens. And it and it keeps happening, and and the regular normal experience of Christians uh, in the scriptures is being hard pressed. <laughs> and I, I wonder if we if mm-hmm. we if a crisis sort of wakes us up to the peculiarity of of the relative lack of suffering that we experience, and maybe maybe the ways that mm-hmm. I know it sounds scandalous to say this, but the ways that impacts our faith. Uh, to our detriment. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I, I think I would hope that this has opened our eyes also to be more um, compassionate and, I don't know the word, just to, to recognize the suffering of so many all the time around the world, too, instead of this kind of insulated, isolated kind of thing. You know, we all, like, we all think redemptive moments or experiences are great, except when they happen to us or to our kids, right? You know, <laughs> right. and um, I really think, I mean, though, you know, we talk, look at formationally how people grow, it is through that squeezing, you know, yeah. those different, yes. doesn't have to be necessarily a huge crisis, you know, mm-hmm. but, but those difficult times, those are the, those are always the ones mm-hmm. 
that where we change and shift and and can grow. Yeah. yeah. I, it's almost like that picture. What's what's that um, art where they like it's like broken vases? Do you know what I'm talking oh about? yeah, there's that Japanese term or something yeah, the, where they bring it back together. Kin, yeah. Kinsiku? Yeah, I, yeah I feel and like they I'm mispronouncing that. They put Kinsuki? gold all in there and um and it's it's all one thing, but it but you see the gold and it's almost like the cracks in I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be like churchy, but like the reality <laughs> is, right? The the it's places where I'm broken, the places where there's cracks, the places where um, you know, whether it's the earth or, yeah. you know, because of a pandemic or health or whatever, um, it's an opportunity for God to fill that in mm-hmm. and show himself. Mm-hmm. And um and I that's what I want. That's what I yeah. want. And for us to love our neighbors as well. Yeah. Yeah. Through that, fill in those gaps before them. Yes. Did you just yes. look that up or did you just I did. I looked that? it up. I was, I was, <laughs> I was like, like, wow, I, I didn't that want was to great. mispronounce it. Look like an idiot. Wow. So I just looked like an idiot for a little while. You're and brilliant. I wow. Totally I didn't even know the word. Myself. I didn't even know the yeah. word. So you, yeah. you smarter than me. I'm picturing it though. Yeah. Yeah. Kintsugi. There's a bunch of images here. Just look it up on Wikipedia. It's lovely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> very good. Um, yes. Yes. Good. Um, Angie, maybe to bring this to a close, um, what, you know, uh, I think sometimes the, um, I think there's a misconception about like, we've been talking a lot about lament, right? A lot about, um, Mm -hmm. suffering, a lot of, you know, a lot of these kinds of things. And I think because of our relative lack of suffering in the West, you know, especially as white people, our, our relative lack of suffering, our relative affluence, um, we, we tend to think of talk of suffering as like this thing that we want to avoid. We kind of have this allergy to it. Um, mm. And so I think there's this, there's this association that a lot of people have with suffering is like, oh, that's morbid. Mm-hmm. Um, these people just, you know, they like feeling bad or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind yeah. of a thing. But, but I found the exact opposite to be true, that um, as I've entered into this, uh, in, into my own suffering, as I've entered into the suffering of others, uh, as I'm able and and uh, get up the gumption, um, and as I've uh, as I've been able to engage in lament, I've actually found that the wellspring of hope is a lot deeper than it was before. Mm. Um, so anyway, so I I wonder if there's a word of hope that you would want this book to communicate uh, to people um, as they read it, or just a word of hope that you'd want to give to our listeners right now, just of hey, as we embrace lament and as we embrace suffering, all these things that, you know, maybe we feel a little bit itchy about, what, what's the word of hope that can pull us through uh, these experiences? Well, a couple of things. One, to echo what you said, God's always at work. And I say that in I Am a Leader, like God's always at work and he never wastes anything. And yeah. I think during these times, which feel like winter to us uh, compared to times of abundance or non not as many problems um Mm -hmm. i think that's the time where where, um we need that grounding and that's the time where the seeds or the roots can go deeper Mm -hmm. um and i think so that's i think a um a hope for us that there's something that can be born out of this um we we don't it's maybe chopped off the top of the 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 fruit or the you know as ministry leaders in our personal lives or whatever but like this yeah. is the rich rooted this can be mm-hmm. rich rooted time yeah yeah well that's simple and profound and really helpful uh, for me I trust it will be for our listeners as well thank you Angie yeah. it's almost like when you're pruned uh, it's unto more fruit <laughs> yeah. yes almost yeah. somebody said yeah. that one time. Yeah. Almost like that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, Angie, it's been great uh, to have you back on the podcast. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's so fun. Yeah. It yeah. is fun, Christy. Yeah, I hope we can chat next time about the, the kingdom and country. That'll be a fun one, too. Yeah, that'll be, well, yeah I, know, I know what that's like to have a... I mean, the, the cycle is such that you're, you're all excited about the content, but it takes a year to, for the thing to get yeah. out, right? Yeah. 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 I just want to do a teaser for that. It's actually coming out next summer, so it's going to be pretty quick. Okay. So pretty quick. Uh, Turn around. Yeah. And the next one I think is going to be the least, after that will be the least of these. So looking at okay. kind of human dignity and yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. What a great bunch of topics. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're looking Excellent. forward to it. Um, Angie, we'll put a link uh, to this book in the show notes, but how, if people want to reach out to you, um, how, how can they find you? Uh, my website, so angieward.net, will have all the connections you need. Perfect. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. A one-stop shop. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> or you can study with me like Christy does at Denver. Oh Center. yeah. That'd yeah be come fun on too. over. Doctor of history at Denver. We're having Center. a great time. Oh, we call it doctor camp. We're having a fun time. <laughs> doctor camp. <laughs> doctor camp. Oh, I'm going to think, I'm going to think. Every it's time as nerdy as you would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time you talk about your studies now, Christy, I'm going to think, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to be like, oh, Dr. yeah, you Camp. went to Dr. Camp Aww. this week. How was that, sweetie? <laughs> Let's see <laughs> this T-shirt. You can send her a care package. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> we have a talent show. I mean, making it fun. Okay. Okay. It is. It, it is. does. Yep. All right. You're tempting me. Maybe I should do a doctor. Yeah, like capture the flag at midnight, Christy? Maybe we should do that. <laughs> Throw our sticks in on Thursday night. Talk yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I only understand time. half of this. We are off the rails here. We are off the rails. Typically, I'm the one that All right, does this. Sorry. How's it feel? How's it feel to be chastised? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I don't know, what, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> thanks for reining us in, Matt. Hey, no problem. <laughs> All right, Angie, thanks again. Thank you thanks, so much. Good to be with you. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.